Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller here along with Robert Glasscock, and we are continuing this little series that we've had going on, just intermittently dispersing these as we go, the secrets of the various signs. You know we all keep secrets. And as we're recording this, Neptune just ended its four-month-long retrograde phase and talk about secrets coming out. Oh, they are spilling on the floor. So Robert is going to lead us into the next sign of Virgo. Well, we're talking about secrets in anybody's chart. And one of the keys to this is to simply look in your own horoscope and see what house has Pisces on the cusp or what how and or what house has Neptune. But when we're talking about sun sign astrology, you mentally place the sun sign on the ascendant, in this case Virgo, which gives you Pisces on the seventh cusp. And it tells you that every Virgo, their secret vulnerability and their eternal hope, I guess, is to find a true soulmate. And yet they don't believe they ever will. Because <laughs> the ideal and the facts don't match. Real people are flawed. And real relationships have challenges and imperfections and hairs in the sink and so on. So the reality of marriage is not easy for ver the the ideal of it is wonderful and the secret is too that sometimes virgo people feel that this ideal mate is going to save them so they are secretly looking for a savior through a mate which means unbeknownst to them that they feel weak otherwise they wouldn't feel that they needed to be saved by another person, you see. So they're putting the responsibility of saving themselves from whatever they perceive of their failures, which are usually many because Virgos tend to be the most self-critical of people. They're looking for someone to save them from their own fears or worries or neuroses or financial problems or physical problems or emotional problems. When, of course, the Savior is within themselves. Conversely, it can work another way. Uh, they can unconsciously be drawn to people who need saving. People who have a moral or psychological or a physiological condition or an addiction or uh, a bad past and so on. And then the, the Virgo person can think, this is ideal. I'm going to save him or her, and they will love me forever. So it's an incredibly vulnerable place, marriage. And then as they mature, you know, in the old textbooks, Virgo and, and Sagittarius to say we're called the bachelor and bachelorette signs. And that's not so. But because they are so vulnerable in, in marriage, uh, they can ultimately, they may often get married earlier in life. And if they're going to have children, have them and then get divorced and either not remarry at all or maybe remarry later in life. The ideal is to find a mate that they are spiritually 
and psychologically and vocationally compatible with someone who has an equal ambition level, somebody who is equally interested in exploring their own working talents and so on. So I hope that makes a little sense and points somebody in the right direction as far as exploring these secrets, because when you turn over secrets or uncover these secrets and explore them a bit, they can really become your buried treasure. You know, one of the things that I know about Virgo is that if they, if, because they set this high expectation, this high standard for themselves, when that's not met, they can turn pretty quickly to criticism. Yeah. And if we're talking about this idealistic relationship kind of portrayal, that could get a little dicey. Well, and what it's, I've seen it in so many instances, Thomas, that, uh, they can stay in a relationship, but if you listen to them, it is one litany after another of complaints. And you think, why do you stay in this relationship that you are constantly whining to me about? And yet that may be their secret need, you see, is to have a relationship that they can complain about, which may unconsciously make them feel better about themselves. And so there's a lot of complexity going on, both in Virgo and Pisces, with relationships. Interesting. They, uh, so, yeah. so they might feed off of that complaint. Well, if you've ever heard in psychology the Cartman rescuer persecutor victim triangle. You betcha. That's what this is. Okay, And it, it's an interesting dynamic because we all play it. Rescuer, persecutor, victim, triangle. Here's the perfect example. Somebody invites me to go to a party that I don't want to go to. But rather than saying, honestly, I can't go, or even more honestly, I'd rather not go, we rescue them from hearing our real feelings. And we say, oh, okay. But in the back of our minds, we don't want to go. So we go. And we, at the party, accidentally spill wine all over the person that invited us to go that we didn't say no to, or in, other, or in some other way, let them know that we're not happy being there. So now we're the persecutors. So we all switch roles, and they, they become the victim. The easiest way around that is just simple, honest communication. So what I ask you to do is say, I really don't want to. You're sweet to ask. Thank you. But it's just not my cup of tea. That's the honest answer, and then you don't play the game. But there are couples, and that's their entire relationship, is that, that triangle, just round and round and round. And that can sustain a lifelong relationship, and we've all known couples like that, I imagine. Now, the other thing that comes to mind here, obviously when we see Pisces interacting with the seventh house, we think of infidelity or you got it. cheating in a relationship. Is that a propensity? Or, here's my thought, is maybe this attraction to this criticizing becomes a fuel source for the soul that you, you don't, you preserve it, you protect it. So, which is it? Are Virgos more prone to cheating on their partners, perhaps? I don't know about that, but I do know that, I mean, you hit on several points there. Um, one of them is the the issue of trust in a relationship. And this is true for both parties here, Virgo and, and Pisces. But yes, Virgo people don't belong to anybody in their hearts. 
that's why they're known in the ancient days as the bachelor and bachelorette signs. They can be very earthy, very lusty even. They can enjoy sex and all of that, and they can enjoy everything else about marriage. But in their heart of hearts, they don't belong to anybody. One of the archetypes of Liz Thomas is the old dead, silent, well, she was beyond silent actress, Greta Garbo, who at one point was the world's most beautiful woman. She was also the most enigmatic woman. She never married. She was a Virgo, uh, and she belonged to, even though she had affairs apparently with men and women all of her life, she belonged to nobody but herself. And it doesn't mean that they're selfish. It means that they are very much, Virgos are very much about self-development and self-refinement through their lives, making things clearer, purer, cleaner, more efficient, more compassionate, more helpful, but refining their lives. And another person who is not on that same sort of path literally gets in their way. So they will unconsciously behave in ways that ultimately may reject that other person simply because in a marriage state, they don't have enough privacy and consciousness and self-consciousness and self-awareness to concentrate on developing and refining themselves, especially through their work. So they either want Virgo can get because they, they often are devoted to their work or they work long hours, or their work requires privacy and dedication. Don't interrupt me for the next 12 hours. I'm finishing my novel. That a partner can feel left out and feel second place, and they can then begin to seek affection elsewhere, which brings up again this issue of trust and fidelity in a Virgo's relationship. So it's not that they will cheat on a partner, or that the partner will cheat on them, it's that the communication, the honest communication is sometimes lacking. And yes, when you have Pisces of secrets on the seventh cusp, you can absolutely be drawn to a partner who turns out, unbeknownst to you, to maybe be an alcoholic or to have drug or alcohol problems or to have medical or health conditions that they don't disclose initially or to someone who has... Uh, relatively serious psychological issues to be dealt with. So that, again, the area of trust and love, and did you really mean it when you said, till death do us part, become issues in Virgo's lives because of them, uh, those archetypes. I hope this is making a little sense. I'll tell you what it's triggering is, you and I have talked about this because we share this, is Saturn residing in our seventh houses mutually and you've talked about that being an aspect of as princess diana said about charles and camilla it's getting a little crowded in here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with saturn in the seventh house you've said it's getting a little crowded in here with work being the other element that is doing the crowding not a person work attachment to work well Virgos ruling the sixth house work. You've got that whole work paradigm around Virgos. Is there a risk also with them in the relationship of exactly what we were talking about there with Saturn in the seventh, that work becomes too much of a third party, getting a little crowded here? Absolutely, totally. 
totally it can. Or the converse, Thomas, lack of work. Because if you're an afflicted Virgo, as we used to say, a Virgo that has a lot of unresolved hard aspects, let's say, who's maybe not conscious yet, then the focus doesn't become on their work, which they love, as you and I love our work. Their focus instead becomes on their work problems their lack of ability to find that ideal work that they love and so on, so that unemployment and lack of finances and frustration with their work, that becomes central to their lives. And that's just as dangerous to a relationship as obsession with your work. Yeah, could totally see that. Absolutely. Well, this has been interesting. Thank you for the Virgo side of the shadow. Appreciate this. We're going to continue the series next with Libra, of course. And if you would like to talk to Robert, as we always mention here at the end of the show, his contact information is in the show notes, along with all the rest of the wealth of information about what we have going on around here, including our Discord channel. Kristen Lawhead is just doing a phenomenal job with that conversation. And you can ask her about chart questions in there as well. She does a great job answering them and loves doing it. And also our YouTube channel has all of the Old Soul, New Soul podcasts broken out. That is a playlist within the Fun Astrology podcast YouTube channel. So there you go. All of the links for that are in the show notes. We'll see you back next time for the next Old Soul, New Soul Astrology podcast with Robert Glasscock. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.